0: Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and we are highlighting Grandparents Day in this episode. Uh, Grandparents Day is September 11th this year. So recently we did a webinar with Tammy Daughtry. She's the founder of Co-Parenting International, and we'll get to more of her story in a minute. But she did a wonderful webinar for us called Unplanned Grandparenting, Casting a Vision of Hope for the Entire Family. And we talked about ways that you can get the client's parents involved in their story as they're facing an unplanned. Plan Pregnancy. That webinar is available in our online store at heartbeatservices.org. And we have hundreds of other courses available through Heartbeat Academy. It's a great resource for topics such as leadership, fundraising, client care, so many uh, opportunities to train and learn specific to your work in the pregnancy health movement. So I invite you to check out heartbeatservices.org for more on that. So let's get into the topic of grandparents. So Tammy told me before her webinar that she had some great stories and I believe her words were, I could fill this whole hour with just stories of how uh, the clients that we've served. So I thought this would be a great follow-up to that. We can capture some of those stories and share with our listeners. So. Tammy, you really have a heart for grandparents because of your own personal story that kind of began began before you were even born uh, with your own grandparents. So can you share with our listeners how all of that happened and what got you into uh, the pro-life movement?
1: Sure. Well, it's an honor to be here and it's such a delight to know that these resources live on and I'm excited to dig more into your podcast and, and learn from you know people you've interviewed previously. So it's a Honor to be here. And I would say I had an epiphany. Um, You know, when I did my master's in marriage and family therapy, I was in my mid to late 40s, no, excuse me, mid to late 30s, single mom going through grad school. And what they talk about is our family of origin, the F O O. We all make up acronyms. Well, the family of origin that I come from um, is pretty complex. Nothing extraordinarily different, and especially in the pro-life movement, Um, you know, being a child that came from an unplanned pregnancy is not a new story, and I'm delighted to say my mom and dad loved each other. I was created out of love, a 17-year-old senior in high school. My dad and my mom had just graduated high school, uh, moving into college. She was the valedictorian. She had great plans for her educational future. And I do know I've heard more than once, you know, that they were high school sweethearts, loved each other. So I know I come from love. And that's a that's a powerful thing to know as a child who came from an unplanned pregnancy. The twist in the story that relates to our topic today is that I grew up with four grandparents, um, two sides of the family that were culturally very different. Um, They were different. One was a Catholic family. One was a Nazarene family. And I have beautiful memories of my relationship with those grandparents. The difficult puzzle piece that I wish my origin story could have connected to is that initially when my folks went to tell their folks that they had a baby coming, and again, a 17-year-old boy in high school and an 18-year-old recent graduate, it was met with, of course, shock and frustration and Quite honestly, I won't say which grandparent, but quite a bit of condemnation. It was an embarrassment to the family. It was an embarrassment. They were in a small community. Everybody knows everybody's business. And um, they were quickly, three weeks later, they were forced to get married, which wasn't necessarily seen as a bad thing for them because they did love each other. The difficulty came when that divorce happened a year later. I was not even a year old. They were divorcing for a variety of reasons. And one of the grandparents just stayed so angry. And I I look back and I think about that beginning of my family of origin. If my Christian grandparents could have found some support, some tools, someone to walk alongside them and to help them see that every baby's a blessing and that this may have happened out of the, the order of timeline that you preferred, but to try to come alongside your, your child, which in that case, you know, two young adults and support them with love and with affirmation. That's what they needed at that season of their, their life, more than the condemnation and frustration and all the, the extraordinary comments that were given to them as how disappointing and embarrassing they were to the family. So, as I was studying my own family, I, I remember thinking that through and and hearing about that. And it's interesting. I won't go into this, but, you know, just hearing exactly about how they went to tell my, my grandparents, all the different things that happened. But what I wish when I think back is when, whether it was they divorced or whether they got married to begin with, you know, they had found some hope and support, which obviously anyone listening to this, working in the pro-life movement, working in a pregnancy care center, that's what you do all day, every day, is you... Welcome with open arms, these young people who are trying to make a pregnancy decision and you try to help them uh, quickly understand all that that they're looking at uh, with their physical, you know, what's going to happen to my body? What could happen to my future? You're, you're trying to help that young lady and young man, hopefully both parties have, you know, a conversation about the future. And I think even now in this current generation, the influence of the parents' perspective is such an important part of that. I know that some of the families we work with, you know, I'm not in a pregnancy center. We have a family counseling center, but we work with families that have experienced unplanned pregnancy. And quite often, you know, they're bringing their kids in because they're considering uh, what to do about it and they need somebody to talk to. Or the parents come in because they're just so upset and frustrated and and they can't see the next day. So I think if we take some time and, and intentionally figure out what could we do? not to shift the focus off of our initial client, who is the young lady, um, and not to to shift focus off of keeping dad involved, but what could we offer to their parents to either help the client tell their parents, um, if there's a really difficult relationship there, to, to help bring some support to that so that if their parents are really angry and pushing them towards ending the pregnancy, you know, where could we have some influence that helps shift their focus as well? So, I just think, you know, I'm, I'm 53 now, and I have, like I said, beautiful memories with my grandparents. They did love me as I came along, but I think that first couple of years set a tone and a, an a expectation that, you know, um, both my mom and dad had made, you know, almost unforgivable mistakes, and no one ever let them off the hook for that. And, and as they continued to raise me as single parents apart, how they coped with that lack of support. I think led them both to some very unhealthy patterns that showed up in other parts of life that directly influenced me where if they had had a parent say, Hey, I'm going to walk with you and support you. I'm not going to, you're not the outcast of the family. You didn't, you know, create the unforgivable sin. And, you know, we love you regardless. And we're, you know, we're frustrated. Maybe this is a lot to figure out, but we're with you and not against you. I think if that message could have been communicated Uh, by my grandparents early on, it would have made the whole next season of life much easier on everyone. So that's why I have a big passion about that. And um, I wish it could have been different where, where the beginning of my story was, but I think God always uses things we go through in creative ways to maybe make us more aware and more able to speak to these topics. So I think if, if from that pain can come a purpose, I'm really excited. And like today's conversation, like the webinar we did together, uh, some of the resources that you all are creating, that we're creating, we're bringing some purpose from that pain so that other people can hopefully jump into it and and not go through it the same way. So,
0: and so long answer to your question, I'll take a breath and let me, uh, or let you ask, uh, follow up to that. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that personal part of your story. And that's the why to your mission. I think that's important to understand because you know what that's like for the parents of the clients or the families that you serve and that the center serve, and that relationship between the client. And her parents are so important and it can be a really strange relationship, like you said, from the start. So what are some of the fears, the other things that you've heard from young women um, or the father of baby as well, that they've had concerning their own parents telling their parents and what are things that pregnancy help organizations can do to help mend that relationship a little bit?
1: Well, good questions there. I think every kid, no matter how old that kid is, if they're 12 or they're 22, what their parents think of them is so critical. You know, we know in our in our work about attachment and that initial bond and how that forms when, when a baby is born and how significant that, that initial attachment is. But I think for a lifetime of a child, even if they're taller than the parent, if they're taller um, uh, or as they get older that question, do you, do you see me? And what do you believe about me? It holds so much weight. And I think if, if we can help parents recognize um, that what they do, you know, I, I think we know in the studies that are done that one of the most influential parts of a young lady's decision is what her partner says, right? When, when she shares with her partner, his response has such a critical impact on what, what she believes should be next. And so, I don't know if there's studies done on the parental response. Um, if there aren't, I want to do some. Um, but I would assume that if they've already told their parents before they come in, um, that's an important thing to ask as you're connecting with the client. You know, what what is your family, um, your extended family? What, what are their thoughts about this? Are they supportive? Are they, um, do you have a place, you know, because I've heard over and over, that sometimes the first thing a parent does is they push the child away. They say, hey, you you made your bed, go lie in it. I've heard that phrase too many times. And that isolation of, hey, you, you used to live here and you're welcome in the home, but now you're not, go figure it out. Even if that young person is in college or out of college and they've had a lot of life experience, that pushing away can be so painful and and obviously enhances the, the possibility that they would want to end that pregnancy. So how do we handle that in our centers? I think in our intake questionnaires, in our um, conversations with both uh, the young lady and her partner, you know, asking questions about their family, you don't have to call it a family of origin, but asking that in your intake, and maybe people already do that. Maybe that's already on the paperwork, asking those questions, you know, are they supportive? Have you told them? Do you need help telling them? And if you feel like you need help, why? And I think sometimes the why behind that can really give us some deep insight to the specific experiences that young client and her partner have with their parents. And I also recognize in some cases, the the advice of those parents might not be helpful. Uh, the advice or the, even the example of those parents may have been part of what created a pathway for client to be in those circumstances. So every parent child relationship is different, but I think helping them when they're with you in your center, helping them recognize, you know, who are the most supportive people in my support system, whether it's my parents or another um, meaningful relationship with an adult, maybe a coach, maybe a teacher. If they, you know, if they don't have a church family, is there some other adult that they feel they could talk to, or maybe they've already talked to because sometimes having that conversation with their parents is their actually maybe the, the biggest fear they have of all. And I think um, figuring out why that, that's like that, knowing a little more of that story would be important. And I wonder, you know, I think most pregnancy centers have very meaningful relationships with other organizations like family counseling centers or maybe um, have, you know, on their own board of directors. They've probably got someone who works in the mental health field. And maybe coming up with sort of plan A, B and C, depending on how these questions get answered, how might we then support this client? And again, I certainly can't give an exact equation for every center that's gonna work every time, Uh, but I think having some local support where if there is a really difficult dynamic, then maybe there's a third party that can help them have that conversation with their parents. Um, Maybe there's an alumni family, right? Who's come through the center had a positive experience. And maybe some of those alumni families might be willing to be a, not, not tech, not calling it a support group exactly, but maybe those alumni families, there might be someone in that group that could help have a conversation or even set up a coffee date with, with someone who, you know, gosh, I've got to tell my mom, I don't even know how You know, maybe there's another family that could help her think out loud about that. If it's not your staff directly, Um, because I think the families that have been down the road, especially the the grandparents who who were unplanned, had the babies, you know, come through, and now are just delightfully in love with those grandkids, can be some of the greatest resource to the everyday people that you're serving. Um, And if there's a maybe an actual organized way to get them involved. might be a good idea to to consider. The other thing I would say, keeping dads involved. Um, you know, the dad, the young father. A, we certainly advocate for him having a connection to the baby, and, and hopefully, as long as there's a healthy environment there, having having a relationship that goes goes alongside this child, even if they don't uh, get married or become a couple um, permanently. And talking to his folks and figuring out, you know, how, how can they all work together um, and, in in a sense, link hearts and arms in being a supportive uh, net to these young people. And one of the biggest obstacles is could be what those unplanned grandparents think about an unplanned pregnancy, right? If they go quickly to the idea of, and, and I know right now this is such a complex topic across the country and every state is figuring out how they're going to handle and respond to the abortion question. So in some states, it's beca- it will become less common that that's a possibility. And in some states, you know, they're rallying forward. Uh, they're marketing that message loudly that, you know, it is a good solution and it's a, a healthy option. And of course, we know in the pro-life movement, it is not. Um, I think part of what I have seen in my clients that are really struggling to understand that there could be anything positive for their child to have this baby, I have helped present information to them um, out of the brochures from Applog simple little brochures that help a, a parent understand that if their child goes through with, with a, an abortion, that there's a higher risk for breast cancer. There's a higher risk for a complicated future pregnancy. And of course, there's an incredible risk to emotional mental health. And I think those three areas are still somewhat uncommon to know. And for that to kind of be part of the educational process with families that, you know, choosing life is not just a great choice for the baby. It's a healthier choice for the young lady's body you know, to help her be as healthy as she can be. And so some of those stories and conversations, I think are important for, you know, the staff and volunteers to know and to have those brochures on hand, um, things that that could actually be given in, you know, tangibly, good old fashioned brochures. I know we point people to great websites, but sometimes, you know, we might say, hey, go look at this information and they might not ever do it. So having those tangible things that either the, the parents can walk out with or your client could give to their parent that helps advocate for why um, avoiding abortion is a healthier choice for this young lady's body. I think that may, you know, some moms I know I've talked to when kids are in college and their daughter or their son has contributed to a pregnancy in college, sometimes even these Christian parents think that abortion is the solution because they want their child to finish college. They, they see it's kind of an all or nothing initial response you know this is going to interrupt their education which will change their ability to have a career and I know that there's a lot to work around when that happens and yet I think if if parents of young people knew truly that they were increased that to push that idea on their child would increase her potential for breast cancer that might get their attention that it would increase her potential to maybe never have a healthy pregnancy in the future Right. Those statistics are so important. I think how we tell that story matters. And I know that some, some parents listen to statistics more than story, and some need a story more than statistics. And if we can take that and we re- weave that together, and I again I, I applaud Applog for doing a great job of those, those specific statistics in small, um, easy to understand brochures where the young client can understand that quickly. And then hopefully share that information with her parents or his parents. So there's so much at risk there. And I think trying to make that information more available. The other piece of this puzzle, and, you know, I know we all wear different hats and have different ways to influence community, but I'm always um, looking for ways that, you know, new ways to market the message of grace and that um, not just from, you know, obviously pro-life pregnancy centers do that every day, all day. Um, but who else could we um, ask to come alongside and help market this message of grace to churches, to public schools, to guidance counselors at private schools, to, to the people that are going to be some of those other first places that that the young folks will turn for help in this crisis. I, I'm surprised still today how many people don't know that there's a pregnancy center in their community, you know, people that go to church and, and might even, their church might give a, a huge amount of money to the pregnancy center. And yet so many people don't know that they're there. So I wonder if, you know, again, enlisting some alumni to help market that message of grace or have have a more active open house where the people who are your biggest champions might might say, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask five of my friends to come and just take a quick tour, right? To have physically walked through a pregnancy center and seeing it, how beautiful they are and the boutiques and the, the places they can get diapers and clothes and, you know, to have physically seen that, people can't forget that. And I know I started doing that when my daughter was in high school. I wanted her to know if she or any of her friends ever got in trouble and needed a place like um, the pregnancy center in our community. I wanted them to know where it was, how to get there, and that, that A, they didn't actually have to have an adult to go with them. Right. Because I, I trust those people. And so there was um, a couple of times that I asked her, you know, because um, I was before they could drive. I had a little more, you know, leverage. And I would actually say, hey, this half day of school, let's take everybody to lunch. And then I want to take you and meet some friends of mine. So I did that a couple of times um, in high school where these, you know, groups of four to five girls, we go to lunch, we go over for a half hour tour and then we go to the mall or we go do whatever else they want to do. And it, it was just a way to expose them to this beautiful place. So I think if we can enlist other people to help tell our story of the centers, to to ask some of our alumni, hey, could you help, you know, we on on one day a month, you know, we, we'd love to have kind of a come and go open house where you can bring five or six other people to come through and just see what we do to, you know, if you could multiply a hundred other people having walked through there every year, or every quarter, that's a hundred more voices who could could say to a family in crisis, "Oh, I I hear where you're at. Let me let me point you towards this local pregnancy center." Um, I just think marketing that message of grace, helping people know you're there, and and even the other uh, side of the equation, I built intentionally a relationship with the juvenile court system here, because I want them to know when a family is in crisis, our center, which is a counseling center, can be a place to come. You know, and and we have. We might not be able to meet all the needs or or answer all the questions, but we're a hub of resource. And so we can, if kids are in trouble for certain things and families are needing some help, we help point them to those local resources that they need. It might not be pregnancy, it might be something else, but, you know, connecting with those gatekeepers in your community so that they even have seen your place and know you're there, I think would be important to just try to ripple out the understanding that we're here and we're here to help. This isn't an argument, you know, like we see on TV so many times that this topic creates such an argument in communities. But I think, you know, if your staff can't do it, ask some of your alumni and, and then maybe ask them, you know, what could, what do you wish you would have known at the beginning of your family's story? And how could we help, help you tell that story to people so that more people will know we're here. So anyway, I know I'm on a rabbit trail. I tend to do that when I talk. I'm so sorry, Christine. Um, so back to you.
0: <laughs> no thank you that's wonderful I appreciate your insight and your ideas I love those ideas creating the relationships and the the space within the center where um the clients and their parents and their friends everybody knows that this is a safe place for women it's a safe place to talk through those options and uh, form those those lifelong relationships really that will help them uh, carry through even under difficult circumstances mm-hmm. you know I, we talk so much about the fear of a young woman and her, significant other as they're facing an unplanned pregnancy, but we don't talk a lot about their own parents. And I, I think the parents are dealing with some of those exact same fears and how, instead of her saying, how am I going to get through college? The parent is saying, how am I going to get my daughter through college? And that's a scary place for a parent too, because they have dreams and a vision for their child. So I love the idea of having alumni, other people who have gone through the same thing and now can say, look at my beautiful grandson or granddaughter in this relationship we have. These are really, really wonderful ideas. So thank you for that, Tammy. And now uh, I'd love to open it up to any of the personal stories of families that you've helped or um, stories that you know of. Can you share some of those? Mm, Definitely.
1: Um, I'll tell this small part. It's again, another reason why I'm so passionate about this. Um, Our own family, um, nine years ago on a Saturday morning, I was sitting on the couch with my beautiful bonus daughter, and she turned to me to tell me that she was pregnant. And I, of all four kids, um, as I told my own story later, oh, I'm going to be grandma. They would always guess another kid in the family. And it was just such a surprise for everybody. And we, our beautiful Jenna, she was in college. She was uh, doing great in her sophomore year. And she um, was sharing this information with me. And But by the grace of God, I responded with delight. I was so excited. And you know, most people would—they kind of scratch their head, like, confusing. You know, like, well, how? Didn't that freak you out? Weren't you upset? And I, I God just prepared me for that um, by another experience in my life the week prior that I never knew what God was up to at the time. But I was around another woman who had a granddaughter from a high school student, and I just got to see their life in action. And she's a high-level leader at a mega church in in our country. And I didn't ask any questions about what had happened, but the Lord just exposed me to that. And so in the, the day that I didn't know that was coming my way, I just left with joy. And, and I was able to give her a response of complete support and grace. And that was the first time that I said to her, I said, Jenna, I was an unplanned pregnancy. We'll figure it out. I'm glad they kept me. Right. And and we started from there. And that was my day one where I mean, honestly, that was, uh, I'd been through grad school, but I hadn't, um, I hadn't really caught the full vision of, of what this would all look like, you know, being involved in the pro-life movement on purpose. But so we walked that journey. And, you know, when I think back to that, there were people we wanted to talk to, we wanted to inform her youth pastor and, you know, different people in our family and, and We didn't have a map. We didn't have a schedule. We didn't even have a list. (laughs) You know, we just kind of started figuring out every new day, like, what do we need to do next to support her? And and I will say one of the most critical things I think the parents have can have influence on as well is how they either welcome in your daughter's partner or make that a difficult equation because, you know, here's this new person none of us had met. And, you know, again, I'd spent decades ahead of time cheering for co parenting and dads matter. And so I was very interested and curious to meet him. And I told him at the beginning even if you don't, if you're, if you and our daughter don't get married, I want to love you. I want to know you. And I want you to be part of your child's life because you're so important to this baby, which they had no idea if it'd be a girl or a boy. And we had our, you know, an open conversation with him. My husband and I went to Dairy Queen and we sat there for three hours just with us and him and got to know him. And wasn't from a, a lens of interrogation. It was just, hey, we want to know you and let us tell you about us. And so I think some of those, uh, the, the parents having an influence of kindness and of curiosity, you know, because if if this new baby's coming. And let's say the, the family's on board that, yes, we're going to help our daughter have this child. They, they've settled that question and, and they're making their way forward. You know, being the arms of Christ and really reaching out and inviting in the father of the child is so important because no matter what the relationship dynamics end up being between the young people, um, that young man knowing if he's welcome or if he's disdained is going to have a really big part of his ability or even his interest in staying engaged as a father. And so, you know, that other story, I guess, is very personal to me because I'm, I'm grateful to say that, you know, a couple years later, they did get married, but we asked them to go through premarital. We asked them to take a couple of years and date, we didn't force them down the aisle to get married. We wanted them to know and believe that this was their choice that they were making, that we weren't forcing it upon them. And and again, there's not one way to do this. And other families, you know, would might have responded to some of it differently. But I think just being in that position of grace and love, and helping people know that they matter, and that that they are welcome, that part I think, in being an unplanned grandparent myself, I think my husband and I, we were very intentional, and we we tried to open that door wide and welcome Shelby into our family. And uh, now we have a big Shelby and a little Shelby because their first child was a boy and uh, he's now eight years old and they've turned into an incredible family. They got married uh, after she graduated. They have had five children now (laughs) and uh, just, you know, the the fifth was uh, here just a month ago. So we've got three granddaughters and two grandsons that all started from that seed of a surprise. And I am, am grateful. And I will say, you know, it hasn't all been easy. There have been big bumps in the road for everybody, um, and, but that's what family is about, right? Family is—we're not robots. None of us can show up perfect. Um, we all make mistakes as adults and young people. And I think um, just trying to have open arms of grace and inviting um, inviting those kids to lean in with us and not feel like they're uh, they want to pull away or that we're pushing them away. I think that has made a big difference over the long run. So. Um, and, you know, and I ran into a lady recently in the grocery store who I had helped about six years ago. Their family had faced an unplanned pregnancy. And initially she had brought her son and the, um, uh, her son was contributing, of course. <laughs> and then the uh, young lady, and I saw them each individually. And I helped kind of, they weren't going to stay together as a couple. They were kind of thinking towards, you know, being co-parents. They were very young. He was headed off to college and She was one year younger. And so we kind of, you know, worked together probably six months or so. And this is about six years ago. And I happened to see her at the grocery store and she came up and she's like, you'll never believe this. She said, literally yesterday, I said to the kids, you ought to call Tammy. And I said, really, what's happening? You know, she said, well, they ended up staying together as a couple. They've had a second child. And now more than anything, they just need some support on how to communicate and be parents. And I was so delighted to hear that, you know. And so I'm really curious and going to be full of questions if they do reach out. But I think, you know, just, you know, as, as any of us have a story of grace that we could share and pass on, I think it's important to keep those stories going and to, to be curious, you know, and we can't follow up with every family. We can't always stay in touch, you know, for two and three decades of life. But, but when there is a beautiful story and, and has a creative, um, you know, as, as a child is born and there's there's different ways that the family supports, I think sharing those stories and, and letting them be known just so that that those that know us can know that, hey, there's a lot of different ways to choose life and walk through this. You know, the way we did it doesn't have to be the way you did it. Um, but the, the thing we can celebrate is that these young people uh, decided um, maybe out of out of their own decision or maybe as a supportive decision or forced decision from their parents, but they, they brought the baby to full term and they once I've, I've never seen a scenario so far where, you know, that baby isn't met with love because it may be a lot of logic before the baby's here and a lot of things that don't make sense. But as soon as anybody in that family or any of our families, they hold that baby, they look at that baby, they, they, there is a connection that begins that, that quite honestly, overrides a lot of the, the confusion and the the logic that they're trying to figure out. And then they're just like, wow, I'm so glad we got here. And so I would say, you know, anybody listening, just thank you for what you're doing and how you walk alongside families, because every family comes, every human that walks in your center comes with a family of origin, which means they have, expectations about how things should be or shouldn't be they have patterns of communication some might be really effective some might not be very effective and they have a lot of fear and how we respond to fear sometimes people open up and want to solve things sometimes people shut down and want to run away so everything about every individual walking in your center is is going to be unique to them and and there's no you know there's no QR code that they could scan and then you know Oh, okay. This is how I talk to this client, <laughs> you know, but as they are just coming in and what, wherever they are, you, you meeting them there and and doing what I know you all do is loving them, affirming them, helping them see that they matter to God, that this, this situation they're in is, is not a um, unforgivable sin. And it's not the end of anything. It, it's just a additional beautiful gift into all of what's next. And, and I'm glad I will say at some of the national conferences, when we get a chance to hear like some, some of the universities that have scholarships for young people, and they offer extra discounts, things like that for kids to go on through college and complete their degree when they they're walking the unplanned journey. I think those are beautiful stories that, you know, I'd love for us to be telling more and more of those so that everyone in our community can know that even if they don't know that young family, they can know, oh, here's a beautiful story about someone who came through a process and it didn't end anything, it might have adjusted the timeline, it might have shifted some of the financial needs, but there was still a way through. And I think, you know, those stories. Um, yeah, I wish that's what Netflix was full of. <laughs> but anyway, so that was more of my little story there. But I, I'm grateful. Um However they go, the, the, the next chapter in these lives of, of my clients and as well as our own, um, we're just trying to walk through it with love and grace and, and, and let young people know that they're okay and they're going to be okay and that they're not alone. And, and if they, I'll close with this, you know, I, I think back to my mom and I, I can't imagine how alone she felt. Um, and I know some of the stories of abandonment, e- even when she was married to my dad in that year yeah. of pregnancy. And I also know there's a lot of extra um, pain that comes with feeling abandoned by your partner. Um, and so whether, you know, whether those folks listening are are thinking, um, you know, of a creative way to start connecting with the unplanned grandparents and the alumni um, those are great next steps, but just thank you for, for always being uh, a voice of love and, and of, of true, um, I don't know, I'm struggling to find the word that feels big, but I know if my mom would have walked into a place like that, she would have felt like maybe she found the arms of Jesus, You know that she wasn't alone, that she didn't have to face all of the things that were hard by herself. And so I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you to everyone especially those that are volunteers and do this alongside another job or another, you know, bivocational uh, decision. Thank you for the gifts that you are giving these, these young people. And because I think no matter what we're facing, whether it's this, this situation or other hard things in our lives, um, knowing that we're not alone, I think can make all the difference in the outcome. So thank mm. you.
0: Wow. Wow, thank you so much, Tammy. Uh, your personal testimony is very powerful. You've experienced so much on on the topic of grandparents and of unplanned pregnancy that you can bring hope into uh, a lot of other lives. So thank you for that. Before we close out, you do have a resource called the Unplanned Grandparent. How can our listeners get a hold of that? What are some ways to connect with you? Sure.
1: Well, we are working in real time the fall of 2022. So depending when you're listening to this, uh, we are producing a fun new resource called the Unplanned Grandparent. We plan to launch that in the spring of 2023. There'll be a video component. There'll be some downloadable resources. There'll probably be a tangible book, some brochures even that centers can put in their in their waiting room or with their resources. So You can find us at coparentinginternational.com. So that's coparentinginternational.com. And along the the menu options there, there's a lot of different tabs for the different resources we offer because this new one is coming out in 2023. And we've got a ton of resources for co-parenting and helping clients when they don't marry, um, how to on-ramp to that experience of sharing children between homes. We've even got resources in Spanish. Um, Our One Heart, Two Homes resource just released in Spanish as well. So we've got tons of things there and we'd love to be connected. And and in 2023 and beyond, I do hope that there will be a digital quarterly way to connect with us on this topic where we've got some things in store that leaders can jump in on and be part of some live conversations to just keep talking about how to help um, grandparents. So Um, do come to our website and we'd love to hear from you. We're based in Nashville, Tennessee. So, you know, anybody in Tennessee, we'd love to meet you in person, but we can help families all around the world uh, with the work we do. So connect with us at the website and we would be honored to, um, to just, you know, schedule a call and and talk to you about how some of the centers use our resources on these different topics or, you know, look for us at CareNet and at Heartbeat because we, We'll we'll always be there, Lord willing, as those events continue. We'll have a booth and we'd love to meet people there as well.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Sammy. And uh, Hey, thanks to our listeners for checking out this episode. Um, I'll have some great links for you below on the show notes that you can click on to access some of the resources that were mentioned in today's episode with that, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss a future episode. We have some great content coming your way on the pregnancy help podcast and uh, happy grandparents day to our listeners who are grandparents.